And that's why you shouldn't mess with serial companies. What's going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and also suck less. Hmm. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. So uh, you're having a bit of a flashback of a situation right now, aren't you? I don't know what you're talking about. The pandemic's over. Nothing's happening. Right. Nothing's going on. We don't wear masks anymore. Yep. We go out so, in parties and places. Well, how's your how's your weekend shaping up then? Well, my um, uh, really only gig that I had scheduled for February, which is a karaoke sh- show tomorrow night, been looking forward to it for two weeks and it's going to have to yep. sustain me for two weeks until my March gigs happen. And so that's tomorrow night. And today my kid came home with a headache and tested positive for COVID. <sighs> now that's the beginning of the story. I shared that on the Patreon Slack and we all commiserated and I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate the commiseration for sure. Yes. That test she took was like old, been sitting around a while. Okay. So we did another one and it was negative. Hmm. So she and her mom got in the car and drove to where you could get a PCR test, like the real test. Yeah, and yeah, The result of that isn't back yet, but they also did another rapid test on both of them because mm-hmm. there they both were. Yeah. And, you know, the kid's up in the mom's face constantly. So whatever. That one was negative. So okay. maybe that was a false positive. Now, I'm not, I don't think of those rapid tests as producing false positive too often. I hear about them being false negative sometimes, but... But we'll see. I don't know. And apparently the people you know, at the testing place were like, yeah, those things, who knows? So not to be too nostalgic, but I, I do recall them saying false negatives you should probably ignore, but false positives you should. <laughs> I, I, I know. And I, I don't feel like there's any kind of like through line or it either it is or it isn't. It, it, well, and here's the thing. The PCR test will come back and really tell us because that's what that does. And That's uh, what it do. And I guess if it's positive, I'm probably not going to go to my gig, I guess. That's yeah. probably the better part of value. I'll tell you that the guidelines about what to do when you've had an exposure or a positive test have changed a lot since the last time I had an exposure or a positive test. It's um, how quaint. I know. It takes me back. I just really am nostalgic about, no, pardon me. I'm not even going to pretend. Nope. But these days, even with a positive test, it's like a five-day deal and not... 10 or like I did 14 last time I had it. So, and we have Monday off for president's day anyway. So yeah, she's not even going to miss too much school if it's positive. So it's a bummer potentially to be missing that, uh, that gig. I have a lot of people excited about it because it was by a lot of blank space in my calendar. So I have a lot of my regulars are like eager to get back into it. Yeah. Well, shucks. I, I hope, um, I hope it all works out. Me too. So, uh, and, and of course weekend, I've been the whole, the, ever since then I've been sitting here going, oh, does my, is that my throat hurting? Do I, how I feel oh, I'm yeah. warm? All that's happening. I'm not, I'm fine. It's all fine. But you know, the brain. Yeah. My wife has been, we, she went back onto a medication she'd been on before and some of the side effects are like headaches and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And if you go too far down the the rabbit hole of side effects, things can get kind of dicey. Hmm. So she started noticing some things and got freaked out. And, and and yeah, you have those conversations where it's like, is this actually happening? Or is it because I'm anxious about the, going onto this medication that I'm envisioning or perpetuating these non, these psychosomatic situations? Right. So right. Right. who's to say? Well, there's a test that'll tell us for sure. So Indeed. So you either will or won't be playing Correct. this weekend. Correct. It's uh, one of those two things. I won't be playing unless 
something crazy happens, I have no immediate plans. I have we I have weekend plans though. Tomorrow night, I'm going to go to Trader Vic's for dinner. Sweet. Uh, it's my dad's birthday, and he's like, I haven't been since the 70s, and there's literally like one left yeah. uh, on the East Coast, and it's downtown. So I was like, what? The Vegas Tiki Room situation got me in a way. So I was like, well, we'll we'll go do it. Why not? Let's let's go old school. So Good. Make sure you let me know if you see a werewolf there drinking a pina colada. Only if his hair is perfect. Right. right. And then, yeah, it's just like social stuff. And the next potential thing we've got going on is going to be um there's a municipal event that we're kind of back and forth about contract stuff this is like a uh a guy who does corporate work at a level like significantly above what members only does which is saying on you know a, they, they do very good work and they make very good money um but he's booking a municipal location for the spring and summer and we're wrapping up all of those negotiations about doing something at the end of april We've got that coming up and uh, just a couple of other things from just chasing down and uh, things are good. Excellent. So uh, one thing we didn't get to talk about this past week because we were talking to the illustrious Mm. Adam Moskowitz was that I had that kind of week of crazy gigs where I did like the last minute fill in and then I did the karaoke thing on last Monday. If you want to see what, the prep and all that stuff was like, you can go check it out on the YouTube channel. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's get into the, uh, the meat of it. The fill-in gig was a fill-in gig. It's, I got, uh, I got asked on Monday, uh, got the first set list on Monday, the second set list Tuesday morning, and then the final set list sometime around 24 hours before the gig was supposed to go through. And, uh, yeah, it happened and it was fun. Got to play bass in a nineties band in, that's always kind of a good time. Uh, I got to sing. <laughs> I was supposed to sing Buddy Holly by Weezer. Um, oh, what was the other one? Oh, uh, Creep by Radiohead. Nice. But then in the midst of it, I volunteered to sing uh, what's uh, Wonderwall. Hmm. Because the, uh, the, the, the lead vocalist was like, I want to see somebody do their their best Gallagher impression. And I was like, well, I'm just going to go up here and hit some watermelons with a sledgehammer. Yeah. But then I put my sunglasses on and did like the whole like Liam thing where I put my hands behind my back and like point my head up to the <laughs> microphone. But what I hadn't anticipated is that I was supposed to play bass while I was doing that. Mm. And uh, everything that I was accustomed to was with a capo and basses don't have capos. And it took, <laughs> it took a little while to kind of, figure out what I'm, what I was supposed to be playing, but, uh, I finally landed on it. So that was fun. That's good. Do you get, I've I've never sung and played bass at the same time. When I'm playing guitar, I can, I can put my hands on muscle memory and not think about them. Is that a thing on bass too? No. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Mostly because it's rhythmic in a way that guitar is not. Right. So yeah, like for most guitar players, once you kind of get used to the rhythm of, doing two things at the same time, you don't really have to think about it because a bass player is locking into a different set of percussive elements. Mm -hmm. Uh, It it definitely involves more brain power when you're like leading, like background vocals, maybe not. I've known these songs for 20 years at this point, 30 years. Don't nope. Mm, Let's not talk about that. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, um, being a lead singer slash bass player is a, uh, is a totally different beast. Mm. And all of our 
singing bass players deserve uh, our respect. Yeah. Our Phil Linnets and our Getty Lees and so on and so forth. Stings. Yes. Live band karaoke. Mm-hmm. Did it. And this was a, a, a very interesting prospect. First of all, it was for like a churchy adjacent organization. So we took our very generous and sizable live band karaoke song list and they were like can't do this one can't do that one can't do this one uh got a redline version of our list back that was less than 40 songs and so we kind of have to scramble to add some few uh, add a few more but we got to add some tunes that should have been in our repertoire earlier uh we we did i will survive nice which was like whatever great we used pro presenter for lyrics and uh band helper for tracks and for the most part, everything went awesome. The only the only slight hiccup is that because it was a massive corporate adjacent event, I have to go through the corporate vendor system in order to get paid. Right. And uh, jump through a bunch of hoops, fill out a bunch of stuff. It took 45 minutes to get into the system. And I'm still pending approval on a very large payday that have, I've not paid my guys yet because I don't have the capital to cover it. Yeah. Because I paid them a lot for this this bigger, higher end event. That's a whole thing. And is it is it? I imagine there there's there's a class of our kind of work where people are putting out invoices net thirty. You know, the the float yep. of that is a thing that you have to factor in. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, factor in uh, implies that you have the latitude. Well, right. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. Or eat with your guys is kind of a yeah. more, more likely thing in this case. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So yeah, if you want more information about that, check out the YouTube channel. Um, this week on the YouTube channel, uh, our buddy Mike from the Pork Tornadoes asked a very important question, which is, at what point do you have to consider the gear you're using because it's affecting your band? And I was like, that's a good question. Good question. So I unpacked it as best I could in around five minutes. And then... Um, learned a new editing trick that I've been sharing with everybody I can possibly share with, uh, that literally cut my, my workflow. I, I shot the video around nine o'clock and it was completely ready for YouTube before lunchtime. And that's massive for me. So, um, the trick, cause I was supposed to talk about this. Yeah. I have an idea. I have have thoughts about it. So. I had heard from a guy because we've got our own editing tricks, Dan and I, because we've got, you know, some systems in place. And, um, I had found a guy on, uh, on social media that was talking about what he used to quickly edit, uh, his podcast. And what it was, was a, like a dog clicker, like one of those things that you use to train dogs. I see it in your hand. Let's, Let's hear it. So yeah, when when you uh, when you push it down, it makes this noise. Yeah, wait, go so, go, go again. There you go. Yeah. So his idea was, anytime I made a mistake, I would use the clicker. But like his methodology was first mistake, second mistake, and I was like, let's be honest and realistic with ourselves here. I get it right way fewer times than I get it wrong. So instead of clicking every time I make a mistake, what if I uh, use it every time I nail the take? Yep. So instead of having to look through 
six, seven, 14 clicks in a row. I only look for a single one. And the reason why he uses it is that when you look at this sound in an audio editor or a video editor, it's a very distinct waveform. So when I shot the video, I clicked every time I did a good take, I put it into my editing software. And all I had to do was look for these waveforms and I could just cut in front of where those were. And something that normally takes me around an hour to kind of break down uh, to its core components was like 10, 15 minutes. I mean, like that is massive. It's awesome. There's a huge, huge improvement. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I will, uh, I, I've, I've been literally telling everybody uh, that I can about this trick because it's super, super useful. It's really good. And, and the, the innovation you brought to it is really um, fitting. Have you ever trained a dog with a clicker? Well, I mean, I, I didn't have to buy this. It was already in the Fair. house. So that, uh, for anyone who hasn't, what you do first is you train the dog that when it clicks, you get a treat. Yep. Right. It's called charging the clicker. Um, I had a dog that was too dumb for it. And then my current dog is too smart for it. So, but I, I've, yeah. I've attempted it. And so I know the theory. So you click, you click and treat for a while, just fine. And then you start using the clicker to mark behaviors you want to reinforce. So click now means, oh, good thing. And so when the dog does something you like, click, oh, good thing. And the dog's like starts to understand that that's a way of communicating with you and a way of getting reward yeah. for doing good things and all like that. So I like that you inverted the click from a punishment to a reward for a good, like you turned yourself into a good boy. I, I like it very much. Right. Well, yeah. and th that was the joke. Like, so our, you know, our, our 12 year old was like, oh, so you, you were rewarding yourself. That's right. Yeah. I was like, touche, kid. For a, you got for a well done take. I, it's, I think yeah. it's great. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so the Pavlovian response of uh, content creation, that's, yeah. that's what we're working yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it, it works great. And I will be using it from here on out. So, this is now an essential part of uh, my process. Very good. If you're a solo creator, um, I do have a link that you can use to get two of these for like five bucks. <laughs> so, uh, we'll put that in the show notes. Why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? So, any other uh, housekeeping things or updates that we uh, we haven't covered? I don't think so. We've got an interesting topic to get into. We do. We do. I want to talk at some point about all of the medleys that we've been building. I think medleying is an interesting phenomenon, but we'll save that for next time. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk about lots that on of the Patreon. yeah, lots of lively convos. If you want to be a part of that process. Five bucks a month gets you access to that Slack channel, so get to it. And I got to say, last week, uh, Moskowitz sold some Patreons. He most certainly did. <laughs> quite a few people joined us. It was great. They're, they're we picked, awesome. We picked up quite a few and, folks. Yeah. And uh, it's been, yeah, no, it's been awesome. Yeah. So that being said, let's get into a really interesting, so very rarely we get to talk about something where like our world and like reality <laughs> Black for a better term, yeah. kind of intersect. Yeah. But there's a there was a very interesting uh news story that popped up this week that Dan brought to my attention that definitely kind of encapsulates some of the stuff that uh we deal with and uh was definitely a great kind of springboard uh for a conversation this uh this week. Yeah. So um I'll go ahead, I guess I'll go Let ahead and kind of like give them the the brief kind of synopsis. So uh, for those of you who are, you know, kind of plugged into internet culture slash pop music, uh, you might be familiar with a band called OK Go. 
Uh, OK Go was a group that was I, I found out about them. I was still in college. They had a song called Get Over It. Yep. That was like it was on MTV. It was like they were a mainstream kind of indie rock band. Um, but the next time they kind of like landed in the zeitgeist was when they did a video. Now, there were there were two videos that kind of like happened in close proximity. Uh, they did like a dance routine video uh, that one of the guitar players sisters choreographed and recorded yeah. and that kind of like got some juice in the uh kind of the internet space yeah it involved, but the involved one that, treadmills the song was called here I, well I, sorry go ahead so there was a song before that oh, that okay, they yeah, did yeah. this kind of dance thing too and then the one that really knocked them into right, the stratosphere right. was here it goes again. here it goes again yeah which i've covered with my bands forever it's a great great tune well, it's a great tune, but also it's got this iconic video, video now. involving dancing. And they, yeah. well, and they really kind of like innovated in in this kind of space. Hundred percent. Where, yeah, I mean, they you have this. They've been the ones really pushing the edges of what creativity is possible in music videos. They've been amazing at that. Amazing, yeah. you know, and 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 not on a, f- a small number of songs. They've made, you know, a dozen really cool videos. Well, and they've done, they've, the, the ambitiousness of, of them kind of exponentially kind Mm -hmm. of ramps up every Mm -hmm. time. And as they've kind of gotten a knack for this, they've also had the ability to do a couple of things. One, they're self-funding their own music, uh, but they're also partnering with these big corporate clients that are either sponsoring the releases we're partnering with them in order to uh, get their brands into these very high concept yeah. music videos, yeah, including like a, a partnering in, in, in video design. There was a whole video that was um, done in um, the format was paper coming out of printers, mm-hmm. right. For, and sponsored by the folks who do those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So with the, all of that being said, the the reason why we're talking about it this week is that something really interesting happened with the band OK Go, and it's um it's kind of a bummer. It's a pretty it, yeah it's it is a bummer, and even they kind of acknowledged that. Yeah. Uh, but basically, uh, it looks like the the actual filing happened on January thirteenth. Yeah. But uh, OK Go the band has had to uh, file a lawsuit against Post Foods yep. uh, who make all kinds of cereal. stuff like cereal and yeah. that kind of thing um, for copyright and trademark infringement because in January, like 1st of January, they released a product called OK Go, which is basically a pre-made bowl of cereal that you add water to that's got like milk powder in it, which sounds kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but they were just like, no, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do it. Yep. Well, and it's even, and, it's even stranger than that. So Post came out with this thing called OK Go, and mm-hmm. um, it sounds like a. I don't. I hope not to get sued if I say it sounds like a terrible product, but it sounds like I don't know. I, yeah, it's I, not great. It's not great. And um, and the band um, remarked on it. They actually wrote a letter. Um, I don't know if it was formally a cease and desist, but it was like, hey, not cool. It's kind of a hey, not cool letter, and we hope not to have to take yep. action about this. Post then um, 
went to the courts to get injunctive relief preventing OKGO from suing them. So essentially, they are in the courts trying to get the right to use the name OKGO for this product. And Mm -hmm. um, so, but they're the ones taking legal action about that. They're, 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 it's as if they think they're on the defense when they're really the ones trying to take the name. Mm -hmm. So it's a kind of a messed up legal strategy. And the band OKGO is obviously like, their socials have been expressing sort of the the re- <laughs> reeling experience of responding yes, the to the exasperatedness of the yeah yeah and and they're not backing down they're they're gonna fight it they're gonna they're gonna um I, I hope win I'm on their side um because it's it's some nonsense but um but it opens this whole question of band naming band name uniqueness what is a trademark what is defending a trademark. Um, and these are all interesting questions for any of us who is naming a band. And I know from conversations online and in person that band naming is a, is a thing among us. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, you know, we all kind of have this, this kind of area that we, we operate in and some of us are more, more, uh, in, in the, uh, in the danger zone than others. You know, I, I'm in a, my band is in a pretty unique situation because we are named after a clothing company that still exists mm-hmm. and is still releasing uh, apparel while we are releasing apparel with their name on it. Yeah. Um, it gets a little dicey. Um, I remember when we came up with the MTV logo, I sent it to uh, Nick Nespajani from Yacht Rock Review and I was like, I really just want to know who's going to sue us first. Right. Um, but you know, that hasn't happened. You know, the main, the main kind of argument that that post is trying to make in this lawsuit is that there is no potential confusion in the marketplace. Right. Right. So the likelihood they're saying that the likelihood of confusion is low. Um, the exact verbiage is, uh, post makes high quality, delicious cereal products while okay. Go is a rock band. Yeah. And listen, if it were literally any other band in yeah. in the marketplace, yeah. you might have a fighting chance. Yeah. The problem is that it's not. Yeah. It's OK Go. And OK Go has literally made their entire nut over the past 20 years doing these really strategic creative and interesting brand you know yeah. collaborations yeah, yeah. Like, and, and so now they did a whole thing like... with chevrolet that was like they were like a big part of it yeah so you know for me as a person who understands what they do to if i were to walk into a grocery store and see okay go on the shelf i'd be like oh man what won't these guys do well and that's the thing like part of their part of their complaint to post was like now now you're using our name to sell Single-use plastic cups full of sugar to children, right? Which um, is pretty uncool. Posts. Other, the other part of Post's filing here was that the threat of impending litigation from OK Go the band yeah. means that they're forced. This is their words: forced to continue investing in the OK Go cereal brand while under the impending threat of legal action. Forced. Forced. Yeah, yeah, they have no choice. They couldn't possibly change the name of their product. They're forced. 
Yeah. Some nonsense. Yeah, and and there's also a bunch of like hearsay around. Oh, we tried to settle with them, and like, okay, goes like, no, you didn't. Right. And yeah, there's all there's all kinds of arguments there. It's a ton of and, drama. Um, and and here's the thing: I think I think a similar drama probably plays out in every market where there, there's some. Oh, I mean, here in my here in my town, there are four bands that use the words jukebox or rewind or um something about something about like the physics of of vintage music so um like yeah. no, no other words come to mind right now but but there are several that as you look at them there there's a close overlap radio yeah. radio revolver radio jukebox um radio rewind I don't know if there's a radio rewind, but jukebox rewind? I wouldn't surprise. I think there is a jukebox rewind. So the point is like juke wind rebox, <laughs> rebox juke winds. It's a shoe. Um, anyway, the 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 point is, you know, as we contemplate naming our stuff, um, how much does uniqueness matter? You know, I've always gone for names that were so out there that is unlikely there was ever to be another one. My two main projects I've named have been called the new strange and the clanky Lincolns. I actually have done the work to assure myself there's nobody else in the world with those names. Um, and, uh, you know, that's a thing I care about, I guess. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. What do you think, Adam? Well, I mean, I came up with something that apparently, uh, has never existed before this week. Uh, the, Something I don't know why. Like every once in a while, you just have like like an invasive thought, sure, an intrusive thought that like you can't shake, yeah, and it just tickles you to no to no end, yeah. And for me, that was the concept of a like dedicated Sugar Ray tribute band, <laughs> and just something about that just tickled me to no end. That yeah. there would be like a group of guys that like really studied mm. the. Like the really went deep, really went deep. I get it. Dug in to the catalog and the you know and all of that stuff, and that they would. That's how they would build themselves, right? The the that is Sugar Ray, yeah. And and so we were joking about that back and forth, and then somebody was like, "Is that a thing?" And so I Google Sugar Ray tribute band, and guess what? There isn't one. So maybe I just gave you yeah. a you know the the ticket to print money could be. in your market. Could be that could, could be, yours. be could be yours. I once had a dream about being in a Blues Brothers tribute band mm-hmm. called 106 to Chicago. I feel like we've had this conversation. We have because I woke up that morning. I told you about it this week, that, that week that it happened. I woke up that morning and I bought the domain 106 to Chicago.com. That's what it was. And yeah, I still we own it. That. Yeah. so yeah i mean in in it in atlanta specifically there have been at least two other 80s bands called members only Mm. one of them was uh active back in the let's say turn of the century uh and was playing at like frat parties and stuff when i was actually in college i don't i never saw them but we get so many inquiries or like uh, that weird private party where we were like up in the like the rafters mm-hmm. and people were not to come up there somebody came up to us at, you know it, during our break was like oh i saw you at georgia tech and i was like you know you didn't 
Of course, you just nod and say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. thanks, man. Uh, the weirdest thing that happened was there was a guy who was going to like join us as a keyboard player that turns out had been in an 80s, was like currently in another 80s band called Members Only. Huh. And then like quit on us the day of a gig where like we traveled out of state. It was real gnarly. Hmm. Um, so yeah, that's uh that's a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. But um yeah, in in there's also a fairly prominent 80s group called Members Only that's based out of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while we get inquiries from people that are looking for them. But in our world because our radius is pretty tight, we don't travel a whole bunch. We may go like state adjacent on any side. Sure. But we're not traveling too far. And so we've gotten no CMDs. We haven't gotten any static from any of these other groups. Uh, it just is what it is because we operate in this lane and we're not really stepping on anybody's toes to a, a degree that they feel compelled to, you know, say something about it. That's good. That's good. I mean, now you're also, you're, <laughs> here's what I love. You're cognizant of the toes you are stepping on. Um, mm-hmm. um, you said the word C and D it's a cease and desist for anyone who doesn't know. And that's the first legal salvo of somebody coming after defense of their trademark. Um, yeah. and, uh, the way pretty much all intellectual property works is you do what it takes to claim it for copyright. That's just having prior art, be, having having evidence that you did it first. But for a name or a logo or some other tr- mark of trade, it's a trademark and that's a registered thing. You have, there's a there's documentation you have to do. There's a paperwork. There's an official registry of it. Um, but in either case, to have it maintain value over time, you have to defend it against challenges. So if if you go, you know, if somebody like really is trying to stand up a competitor to you and names it the same thing, and you say, "Hey, that's not cool," but you didn't challenge the last four people who were adjacent, maybe not direct competitors, but infringing on the name, that competitor can say, "Well, he's abandoned the mark. He didn't defend it against those challenges to it, so it's now that mark is now has no has no value anymore, and I can now use that name in trade." Um, so I do want to throw one little caveat into what you said before, um, the, with, with copyright, there's something called right of first use. And and that is definitely something that you can use to defend a copyright moving forward. The only catch though, is that in order to do any sort of legal action, it has to be registered. So you can't, in order to enforce a copyright or any sort of intellectual property deal, it has to be registered with the office. Um, regardless of the date, you still, as long as you can provide right of first use, like you have some sort of dated document or post or something, yeah. uh, that's something that can be admissible yeah. uh, in defending your your name rights. That, that that's thing. exactly right. Yeah, it's called prior art. And yeah, that's that's a thing, that's a thing of that. Um, here's my question for you. If members only came at yep. you to defend do you, have, do you have a plan for if you got yep. a cease and desist for them i got a backup all right uh i got a name and i've got a logo and um i've been sitting <laughs> i've been sitting on it for almost a decade <laughs> all right that's smart but uh, if push comes to shove we can rebrand there would definitely be an adjustment but i feel like it's still in in line with what we're already doing it was interesting actually i did a, a coaching call last week with a an 80s band 
getting started up in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And they were asking about that specific deal. They were like, you know, can I do this? Can I do that? And I, I, I literally told this exact story and, and my backup, but I'm not going to share it. Mm. I shared it with him, but uh, I don't want to get it too far. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to get out too far because uh, otherwise it'll get taken. And then in my, my plan B, we'll have to go to plan C. Plan C. My C. plan C is not as good as my plan B. No, they, that's by definition. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'd be interested to know how many bands, you know, just around, um, are taking the step of trademarking their name. I considered it with the Clinky Lincolns. I haven't gotten there yet with, with the new strange. I, I kind of feel like the new strange may, may be a little bit of a time limited thing. There will come a point where we're not new anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'm hedging my bets on that one. Um, uh, but, um, I did think about it with the, the Clinky Lincolns. I had really clear brand identity and mark sort of stuff that I don't yet quite have with the new strange. Yeah. But I never did quite do that. Yeah. I'd be interested to know if people are doing that out there, if the pork tornadoes is a registered trademark. I don't know. So I, a lot of the groups that are in that kind of please rock yacht rock review adjacent uh -huh. deal have, have uh, trademarked their names. Uh, so yacht rock reviews, of course, trademark their, their kind of B band yacht rock schooner is trademarked. And then um, my buddy's group uh, that does the eighties and nineties thing that I've worked with before saved by the band, they own that trademark. Mm. And, and that's a good one because it's, it's a great name. Yeah. It, it covers so many, you know, potential things. So, um, if you got something clever and you want to hold on to that exclusivity, that's a really good way to do that. Yeah. So yeah. Keep that in mind. You know, another, another uniqueness name, name uniqueness approach. That's only unique. New York. You unique, unique, New York, you new, <laughs> new, nope. You Newark. You blew it. Ah, you blew it. Ah. Um, the registry of corporate names and DBAs mm -hmm. is unique within a state. Yep. So if you don't care that there's another jukebox rewind in some <laughs> other state, then you might consider registering a DBA or, or, or an LLC in your state. Mm -hmm. And that's not quite the same thing as a trademark, but at least it registers that as a corporate entity and gives you some kind of standing. Right. And you know, it is about time where we have like the tax episode. <sighs> we'll save that for another, another time. I'm, I'm so far behind, dude. I'm, <laughs> I haven't even begun. I've literally got like, if you look, you can't see this on my desk, but it, I've literally got, it's all like no, W9s. Yeah, no. It's just sitting. <laughs> so <laughs> nobody else can see this, but Adam and I are holding up all of our paperwork to each other. All of our, yes. Oh man. There's oh. only, there's a, yeah, there's, there's some work to be done. I've gotten, I, the lion's share of it in, but there's still, yeah. I, I have, um, I own a ninth of my family's cabin in Idaho. And for some reason, the tax document that comes from our accountant for that happens mm -hmm. in like March 20th every year. So I'm like, it's like as late as it I'm always just like, be. come on, dude, let's, let's get the thing. And we started to complain to him about it. And he, he has some reason why he can't do it earlier. So I can't do my taxes till late. And my right. tax accountant's always mad at me because I Love crawl that. in there on April 18th and you know, it's too late, but it happened on a weekend. So I get away with it and I have to have it in the mail in the morning and uh, brutal. So fun. So, yeah, you know, I, I don't know who ends up like winning this, this specific conversation regarding, okay, go. Yeah. 
I feel like the band's got a pretty solid leg to stand on. They've got all this precedent. They've got 20 years of, you know, work that kind of speaks for them. Yeah. And I think um, post argument of lack of confusion in the marketplace is frail at best. And I, I still think they're going to come out. Well, uh, they did some work with post ahead. Yeah. a dozen years ago, but they, they did some work in collaboration with post once. So to think that there's a product post is bringing out named after them. And that's a co-marketing thing. Like that is not a stretch with OKGO. And to me, it feels like it's that thing where you spend all this time, like in meetings and meetings and meetings and like, You've done all of this work and you get to the very end and somebody goes, there's a band already yeah. named it. And we've gone, we've already done the things. Yeah. 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 You know, we've sent it to print. Right. Yeah. No, and, we have the cups. Like, we got to fill it with sugar and sell it to children. Yeah. That's the part that like cracks you out is that they're like, maybe th they're literally banking on people not noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Or and, it's that. And they're banking on the thing the, that the, actuaries do. Yeah. Right. Some percentage like, of the time. Have to determine. Yeah. X number of people are going to die using this product right. and we're comfortable with that number yeah. of deaths. See these one-time use plastic cups are filled with beans and we're going to count them. Yeah. 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 Fun. Yeah. To, to be clear, there's no risk of taking OKGO's okay name. There's just a risk of using it. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. OKGO okay is not going to have to change their no, name. No, no, the no. No, that's it's not on the table. Yeah. If they do and it, they change the name to post serial is... Uh, makes your butt something, fall off. Something. Change the name to, to, to out of spite. Uh, Ooberry. Something like I that. I think it's General Mills. I, I don't know. Right. Point is, they could take a name. Well, I know that Post makes is Raisin Brand, so I don't even have like Raisin a, a Brand. What a great name that would be for a band. Imagine, ladies and gentlemen, we are Raisin Brand. Raisin Brand. Nope, doesn't quite have the same ring to it. I mean, you could do you you'd kill at like retirement homes. You. would could do the old folks home circuit and uh, kill at retirement homes. That's a little, that's a strong. <laughs> oh, I Can't, regret no. now having said that's that. A, you don't want, you don't want you that. You don't want to kill at retirement homes. There's enough of that already. Um, but yeah, two scoops. I'm DJ two scoops. DJ two scoops. Love it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fun conversation. I, I don't mind getting into the, uh, the weeds with that kind of stuff every now and then. Yeah. And hopefully you guys learned something about intellectual property. That's right. Register week. it if you care. Yeah. Do it to it. And if you don't, other, have a backup plan. Yes. Have a plan B. A really good one. Yeah. Really good that you're, you're going to keep as a secret. Well, even from I'm your just, podcast co-host. No, no. Here's what's going to happen is we're going to, we're going to hop off here and then the patrons are going to hear oh, the plan B. So five bucks a month, friends. It's a, hey, I put B. it behind the paywall. There you go. Because I'm a savage. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I like it. All right, folks. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we we love having these conversations. We have a review this week all the way from Apple Podcasts Ireland, Ooh. which we've actually been charting in the past we few weeks. Yeah. So this one came in on the 4th. This one is from Connor P.S., another five-star review. Excellent, informative, and fun podcast. Adam and Dan are excellent podcast hosts of an extremely informative and fun show suitable for cover band members of all levels, providing balanced opinions on a wide array of cover band topics with an extensive back catalog of prior episodes. These guys are an invaluable resource. Keep up the great work. Con from Dublin, Ireland. Thanks, Con. I've been told that if I were to go to Dublin, that I would, I would fit in. 
I believe that's probably true. My my parents have told me that on multiple occasions, and I was like, thank you for rubbing in that I have not been to Ireland yet. I really want to go. Thank you for the reminder. We can do the sixth annual Cover Band Confidential uh, <laughs> Conference. Yeah, the yeah we'll do a Euro version, yeah, of course. Obviously. We have to. Obviously, Con can help but us But we have to do it. it we'd have to like do it in Northern Ireland. So it's like in the EU. Totally. So, like the well, visa thing? things are changing about that. <laughs> I just things are changing. I think I just said something I shouldn't have said. I'm going to get, we're going to get some emails. <laughs> Angry emails from you. Here, oh, it's what I live for. I know. Well, folks, thanks so much for tuning in. If you want to support, you can leave a five-star review. If you want to hear us mention your name, or your band's name, that's the easiest way to do that. You could also create a new podcast bumper because Adam from the Van Band explicitly requested that somebody take take the reins, take over, steal the crown. Let's admit he so, set the bar high, but that's him. That's not us. We'd just like to hear you. Right. So don't yeah. be intimidated by Moskowitz. Everyone is, including me, but just <laughs> chill and make us a bumper. And if we get a bunch of them, we'll just like rotate them out and yeah. there'll be like a bunch of different ones. Yeah. Be awesome. So if you're feeling brave or if you're feeling not brave, but you uh, want to do it anyway, do it. Feeling willing. Shoot. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do it. Like, I, I don't know how we could make people do it against their will. It's a lot of steps, you know? I'll make a plan. I don't have it right now. I, uh, yeah. It's Much. the opposite of a cease and desist. Like a do and uh, do and continue. Pro- proceed and thou shalt. Insist. Yeah. Hey, oh yeah, yeah. There you go. We proceed and insist <laughs> you to make us a bumper. Insist. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Make a bumper. Email us. Coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. Take it away, Adam. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey, listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. You subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of The New Strange, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. The wins, the losses, the behind the scenes, goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VamBand. That's V-A-M Band. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VamBand.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals. 
at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it. For Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida, that was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! Thank <laughs> you.